You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 173, side A. Let's talk about Jimmy's giant butt. Why me? I I don't know. He has like the least giant butt out of all of us. Small butt. It's quite small. Well, so it's one of those ironic things, like when you call a really big guy tiny. That works. Okay, I understand. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a side A episode, which means we're going to talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, Florida, and whatever else caught our eye this week. My name is Elvidnir, and I'm joined by Blast Hard Cheese. Sup? And Grizzle McHardbody. What it do? What it do? Shocked we have not done those actual name shit. I wasn't sure if we had or not. Had we had we not used those yet? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Excellent. Excellent. I really wanted to be Amazing Larry, though. I was I, I was hoping. I was taking bets on if I was going to be Amazing Larry. Oh, it was close. It was close. Oh, is this something you could share with the rest of us, Amazing Larry? <laughs> <laughs> this you- week, we're going to talk about Sea Fever, a novel by Sarah Kozloff called The Queen in Hiding. Greg has a threefer talking about a weird coincidence in the blacklist framing Britney Spears, and there is no I in threesome. There is, however, an M-E at the end. It was a very weird week. There, It was a very weird week of media for Greg. <laughs> I'm not talking in the third person, but I might have broken my brain is what I'm saying. And you stepped all over my joke at the end of that, but that's all. I, I, there is a me. I, I heard it. We heard it. It, it came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it did yeah it did oh yeah uh, oh yeah as this is a review show and there will probably be spoilers there will definitely be spoilers in there is no eye in threesome turns out there is an eye in threesome no that's not the spoiler We'll try to avoid any major twists. There is if you say it in French. <laughs> there is, that's true. <laughs> uh, so if we're talking about something you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, then use your own discretion. Guys, what do we have for news this week? Uh, news, guys. Um, I actually have some. Okay. So, do it. Yeah. We'll start off with the Spider-Man news. They released the title, actually many titles, many, many titles for the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, Actually, it was all over the internet. They they had, I guess, friends of the Spider-Man people, like, releasing various names. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel released. Friends uh, of the Spider-Man people? (laughs) Yeah, like. (laughs) That sounds uh, like a movie in itself. (laughs) Yeah, right. Jimmy Kimmel released one that was uh, Spider-Man, That's So Craven. (laughs) Oh, my God. Which I liked. Uh, Spider Man Home Slice and Spider Man Home Wrecker, because of course they do the home thing. But that was yesterday, and then today, uh, Wednesday, of course, 
they released a video with uh, the actors that play uh, Spider-Man, of course, uh, Ned and MJ, uh, complaining about all the fake titles and being like, why do we only give us fake titles? And they're, they basically uh, are saying, because uh, who, who plays Spider-Man? Uh, I, I've read Tom so Holland. many Spider-Man. Tom, yeah, thank you. I'm like, I know it's not Garfield. Uh, Tom Holland, they, they oh, keep on saying like, cat. yes. Uh, Tom, it's because you always spoil the name. Remember last year you spoil, or a couple years ago you spoiled Homecoming and so on, so on and so forth. So as he's like, whatever, I won't spoil it again. And then they walk past a whiteboard and it says uh, Spider-Man No Way Home on it. And the camera zooms in on it. So it's going to be Spider-Man No Way Home. I do believe that is leaning towards some sort of multiverse situation. I mean, I'm hoping it's good. And I'm not going to say it won't be good, but I really like my street level heroes to stay street level. Yeah. Um, you know, I want good. Well, but with the multiverse, there's the possibility that they could remain street level, just be involved a little bit more being that there's more of them or, you know, mm -hmm. because you, you're not necessarily going to lose the street level hero. It's just going to be, there's going to be a crap load of them. So, you know, they, yeah. they might be able to handle something a little bit more. Yeah, I just like, you know, I like Daredevil beating up on common street thugs or the Punisher killing uh, mafia guys or like Batman, I don't know, kicking the shit out of uh, mental patients, you know. <laughs> like, you, so you are. Him go to sleep. Yeah, you are severely delu delusional and think you're uh, a killer clown. I'm going to beat the hell out of you. Nice Batman. Got it. So you're saying in their own films. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want them to stay kind of grounded where they're at. You don't want yeah. them on another planet. Yeah, I I understand that. Yeah, like I always thought it was weird. Even just even in the comics, you'd read Batman. He's doing some cool thing with Killer Croc in the sewers or something, and then like a Justice League comic comes out and he's sitting on a satellite. They're doing some cool things in the sewers. Yeah, like cooking meth. <laughs> <laughs> meth isn't cool, Jimmy. Oh, just Not anymore. <laughs> Remember, you had that injunction. Yes. Okay. Plus, that would have actually been a really great segue into Florida stuff if we didn't have more news. <laughs> but we'll we get... do have more news. Go on. On July 30th of 2020, the Mars Perseverance rover launched from Earth and just a few days ago, here on February 18th, landed on the surface of Mars in seven minutes of complete terror for nerds everywhere. Now, this is a absolutely huge feat, and it's uh, just absolutely amazing. Uh, we were not able to have real-time footage of the landing. However, we are able to now watch video that has been uploaded from the rover have you guys seen the video yet i did actually I not it's wow it's just so cool um hard to believe that there's a rover the size of an suv driving around on mars right now at least for the next few months the helicopter that matthew mcconaughey is actually driving it around <laughs> while listening, to cool, right. cool <laughs> while listening to cool techno music that's really cool and Look at that rock over there. All right. Um, so, all right, all right, all right. There, now there is a uh, a um, 
helicopter, very small helicopter attached to the bottom of the rover right now that will remain there for the next few months. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting some some video from that. The completely solar powered vehicle uh, should be providing us with some new footage and some new photos soon. Unfortunately, the first thing that didn't we did not see were aliens. However, Rob made a really good point. <laughs> uh, we did see we did see one. Well, you, you were your comment was actually Mars is boring as fuck. No aliens. Move on. <laughs> and I had to I had That's to put a little tag, I had to put a little tagline at the end of that that said, "But there are now penises." Further proof that if you give a bunch of dudes any new high tech toy, they will unfailingly devolve to drawing penises on things. Yeah, they. <laughs> some, if you look back at the oh, the footage man. or they show the footage, they did a little loop to loop with the the rover and it did in fact draw a glorious penis on Mars. Yeah, I'm sure they said they didn't mean to, but you know they did. They damn sure did. <laughs> I want the I want the recording of them. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. When I got when I got my first uh note that had the ability to draw on pictures, I swear to God, I spent all this money on this phone and the first thing I did with it for like the first two weeks was take pictures of my friends and draw penises on their faces. That is true, actually. You you I sent. You were, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. He did actually. He he would he sent them, and they were animated ones too. They were. It was. <laughs> there, would, there would be penises, and then he would draw little dots of urine or other flying out of said penis onto my face or other. Yeah, other things. Uh, but before we get into the the sad news, there was. Are we done with Mars? I'm fucking done with Mars until there's aliens, dude. Bring on the aliens! <laughs> uh, one of the first uh, PlayStation games that I really, really fell in love with because I was a Nintendo kid. I didn't have a PlayStation. It was always dead. I always had to borrow roommates' PlayStations or whatever uh, until I actually, I believe it first happened when I moved to Florida or when I moved to Orlando, rather. Uh, Twisted Metal. I loved that game. Hell yes. Um. I thought they, who wants to play Twisted Metal and get a whole lot of trouble? Yep. And I, I love the... Uh, I just like the characters. I like the, the, the storyline. It was one of those first type of games where you could destroy the scenery. And I would just drive around mm -hmm. you know, jumping off of demolished uh, freeways and crashing through signs and blowing up gas stations. It was just fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they announced that they are, in fact, going to do a Twisted Metal game uh, movie. Uh, that is coming out. Yeah, it's uh, they started working on it. I why is that sad? Oh, no, I didn't. They wasn't sad news. Great news. Oh, you said before oh, no, we get to the sad news, and then you went into this story. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's not the sad news. The sad news no, no, is you, later. You said, "Do we have anything else before we get into the sad news?" And then you went into no, this I've, story. No, no, this is not the sad news. There's there okay. is sad news. I I paused after I said that. Meaning that the I was I was wondering if there was any more Mars stories. No, uh, it's, I'm sorry, not a movie. It is a it is a uh, a TV show. It is going to be it's a twisted metal TV series. It is going to be from the Deadpool writers and creative team, which I think oh, I like. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an action comedy, which could be interesting, and uh, it is. Uh, let's see. It's going to be uh, done by Sony Pictures TV. So I'm 
kind of uh, kind of intrigued. Oh, the 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 yeah. production team, the writers are, are Deadpool. The production team is the team that that brought Cobra Kai to oh, the nice. small screen as hmm. well. Uh, I wonder. I mean, there's us, but are there that many other people? I have questions. Is it going to be a limited series? And does this mean that we're going to be getting another game? Or does that kind of based on the success of this? Uh, because I believe the last one that came out was Twisted Metal Black, which was just kind a of long time ago. And a long time ago, yes. So, uh, fingers crossed, uh, Axel was my favorite. Oh, yeah. The guy with the big tires on his arms. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone likes Sweet Tooth. I don't even remember. I used to play a yeah. bunch of different dudes. I forget. Like Axel and the uh, the general guy. Like the the warthog. Yeah, like any of the it's weird. Body modification freaks me out. And like or or people like in games putting themselves in severe risk of being man, like mangled or destroyed always kinda of freaked me out a little bit. So like even games yeah, like exactly. Well, like there was that, but like even games like uh like Mortal Kombat and Pit Fighter, like Street Fighter didn't bother me as much. Oh, but, like, Pit Fighter was the shit. I should like, not have been playing various, that game when I was that like, young. The thought of if that was a real thing, people just like going to fight to the death. And even like, you know, uh, uh, Bloodsport and all those, like, I, I don't just, there's always this like thing that was very unsettling to me. Cause I'd be like, Cause I'd always be like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm staying home. <laughs> people in the crowd would give you knives and shit in Pit Fighter. Yep, I remember that. If you got too close to the edge, they'd push, yeah. If you went too close to the edge, they would, like, stab you themselves or push you back in. You're about to break! (laughs) So, anyway, that's Twisted Metal. Now, Jimmy, uh, now here's the sad news, Jimmy. Depress us all, if you have it. Oh, man. Do I have to be the one, really? I think so. I'll do it, but I don't really care, so... Well, I'll go ahead and do it. The French electronic pop duo known as Daft Punk has called it quits after dozens of years and just dozens of hits. 28 years, I think. Soundtracks. Yeah. Um, They released a video called Epilogue just last week, and it got me right in the feels, as they say. Shows our two helmeted Frenchmen walking through a barren plain. One of the robots slows to a stop eventually. The other one, I don't know if it's daft or punk, turns around without words as if to say, Hey, what's going on? A jacket is removed. The robot turns around. The other robot initiates a countdown where the robot then walks off into the distance and explodes. Our other robot friend turns around and walks off into the sunset. So it has been a a long storied career that uh, provided us with the Tron Legacy soundtrack, which is absolutely fantastic. A seminal album in my lifetime. Definitely in the top 10 was the album Homework by Daft Punk. I have extraordinarily fond memories of that. 
I was given the Daft Punk cassette tape because I landed a heel flip. It was given to me by another skateboarder. And I would come home from school. I would put on Daft Punk and I would read Dragonlance books. <laughs> nice. Because it, it's a, uh, there's not, there's not a lot of words. So it was just my way of coming home and just shutting off the rest of the world and reading about dragons and shit. So I always associate those memories and God, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you, you take it for granted, I guess. Uh, I hadn't been a big fan of their music probably since the Tron legacy soundtrack, but it is sad to see them done calling it quits. The duo of Daft Punk. Greg, what do you have on that? The when Daft Punk, when I first heard of them, my college roommate actually had one of their albums and I was very big into the prodigy type techno and crystal method. Yeah. Yeah, where it was uh, virtually metal, you know. Sure, yeah. Was, um, and the first Daft Punk album had the really cool cover. I think it had, that was one with the liquid, like the mercury, like yeah. with the reflections on it, I think. It, did it, was it like, well, that was Discovery. Um, the, the I think their first one was Homework, and it was like the back of a jacket, and it was sewn. Okay, yeah, so this was this wasn't the early yeah. album. This is the first one I actually saw, so this had to be uh yeah, I guess it had to be Discovery. Mm-hmm. And it was very funk inspired. And I was like, wow, this isn't the electronic music I want at the time. And I stood it was yeah, I was into much heavier stuff then. And then as time went on, I heard more, of course, the Tron Legacy soundtrack era. Um I got a chance to see them briefly in chicago um so they they played on one side of of the part the big park in chicago and i saw them for a while and then i saw um muse i think for a while which was also really good uh and then uh you apparently didn't like it as much as i did but uh, random access memories came out and i i loved that album that was and that was right around the time that my father passed away and mm. I went down to help my mother paint and she's big into funk. She's big into R and B Motown, all that stuff, as you guys know. So I was like, Oh, let's put this on. And I, we just, we just kind of put it on repeat as we painted like the back office and, and this long hallway and stuff in her house. And it was just like this cool little kind of thing. And I'm like, and that album, like, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing where they're going with this. But sadly, uh, it was mostly just a lot of working with other musicians. And then, of course, the mm-hmm. disbanding. Um, I'm guessing that people clicked on this epilogue video, not thinking about what it's called and the what it meant, obviously. Thinking about more, oh, I guess they're releasing a new album called Epilogue. But um, yeah, I guess that is not true. But I, I am wondering, I'm assuming both of them are going to do their own things. I've not heard their what they've said about it. Have you heard anything? They don't, as much as they hid their identities for such a long time, they said even less. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's weird. No, I, I did like Random Access Memories. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Discovery, but, you know, I it Random Access Memories took me a little while to get into. 
and I got over it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do understand the, you know, the, the significance of that. And oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Go do fun things, Daft Punk. Because you think they're fine. You oh, know, yeah. they're going to be fine. They're not going to be hurting for anything. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to see the guys individually, you know, maybe score some movies, do some more soundtracks. But I mean, for all I know, if Daft Punk can be you two. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even know it was a group. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a dude. Yeah. This, this is why Rob will never eulogize us. We're here eulogizing the band. Rob's like, I don't know who they is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, funny. It's like when when people refer to Apex Twin as them. I'm like, excuse me. Excuse me. No. Anyway. That giant, a record scratch in your head. Like someone bumping into the jukebox. Like, Arr! wait, what? His name is Richard D. James. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, let's see here. Uh, we talked about meth earlier, so it's time for Florida. <laughs> it's it that is. time again. It is time for Florida. It's meth time. Now, the... Uh... The um, story that I have, I do have, there is a, uh, a question as to whether or not it is actually true, but I did like it enough. It says, uh, the headline is, Florida man makes ghostly guitar from his, oh, from his metalhead uncle's skeleton. Or did he? And I figured you guys would probably enjoy it because um, this gentleman in Tampa who goes by the name Prince Midnight. He's a self-described metal musician influencer whose real name may be Yago Annex. Now, his, his long-dead uncle uh, died in the 90s in Greece. He was only 28 years old, and the body was originally donated to a local college but was returned to the family two decades later, apparently. Don't know why, but it was returned to the body. So... <laughs> That's what a pretty bad body. To, if they're like, yeah, we don't want it. Yeah, we're done with it. What he Our students can't do, fix what's wrong with this guy. Was to take the, basically the ribcage, spine, and pelvis and use that to fashion the body of an electric guitar. And if you, if you look at the, if you put, if you click on the little link that's there in the notes. Oh, I'm looking at the picture. This dude is definitely wearing a wig. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there have been some people that have commented that he kind of looks like another Florida-based, uh, uh, huckster known as uh, Odalon Ozare. And Ozare already has two Guinness World Records for the tallest hat and the longest nail extension. That's weird. Those are odd records to hold. Um, but being that Prince Midnight has actually released a full EP on Spotify, he's done multiple interviews, has merchandise for sale, they're thinking that it could possibly be legit. The ribs are weird. Like the way he painted the ribs, like dark mm -hmm. in the front. Well, that's the cartilage. Is it? Oh, so it would have gotten dark over time? It, it Yeah, it will get dark, but it, it probably has had some assistance there. Interesting. Yeah, I, I can't find anything that says this is flat out fake. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't even find anything about him on the heavy metal website that I go to. 
um, all the time to get all kind of my heavy metal news. I'm nothing about Prince Midnight. No. Uh, and Tampa, Tampa is the, the birthplace of American death metal. Um, there, there's no questioning that Tampa is home to many death metal bands, including the one of the most famous of them all, Cannibal Corpse. So being that this comes out of Tampa, I I wouldn't immediately shelf this as fake. Uh, hmm. He Now we do uh, know that he, he did like not. A, he looks like a total goofball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now we do know he did not kill Eliza Lamb. We know Elisa. that much. Sure? We're, we're not, we're not, Eliza, we're not gonna, we're not gonna start that thing. He doesn't look like he's capable. That's definitely the goofball thing. Yeah, he looks like, no, this guy. In the like picture, he, we're seeing he looks like someone dressed as a metalhead for Halloween. He looks like he, yeah, he he looks like he uh, has an IT job. Yeah, during the day, or actually, looks like he's on the package of a Halloween costume that you would buy at the Halloween store <laughs> as a, of a metalhead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the so. British rocker costume. Yes. <laughs> so. The, uh, that's our Great. Florida Man of the Week, I believe. That I is our Florida Man of the Week. I, I like that. I figured I like you guys that. would like the uh, the death metal uh, connection there. Yes, oh, I do. I do. Thank you, Yago. So do we want to jump into our topics? Or do we want to ruin some music? I think we should talk about how people can see these links. Okay. So a lot of these things that we've talked about here... Uh, have also been discussed on, in our Discord room, where we talked about, uh, let's see, uh, probably this, I think a Spider-Man movie got talked about. Daft Punk definitely got talked about. Mm-hmm. For sure. And uh, the the, last we talked thing, about it. Yeah. The, uh, the, we talked about some fun stuff last night, too. So Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, we're not going to talk about that here, no, but if you guys... If you guys are interested in all the weird ridiculousness that we talk about, you can become a patron of the show. It helps us keep the lights on, so to speak. Uh, keeps us in microphones and server space and all of that important stuff yes. for making a podcast. Uh, it is $5 a month at our lowest level. And what it allows you to do is you basically get to chat with all of us. You get to hear about what movies we're watching beforehand so you can play along. You get a chance to partake in our top five list for our Monday side A or side B episodes. Uh, you get a birthday episode or at least a birthday uh, top five list dedicated mm-hmm. to you. Thank you to our brand new patron. Brand Mr. new. Scott. Mr. Scott. Thank yeah. you, Scott. Your copy of the shark attack three pack will be on its way. Just as soon as one of these knuckleheads gives me your address. He's going to keep on moving to avoid getting. (laughs) He's just going to keep avoiding. Uh, I can't say that I would blame him. He's going to go to witness protection. They'll be like, what what did you do? What did you see? He's going to be like, there's some dude is trying to send me a shark attack three pack movie. They're like, wait, it's like, oh, I've seen some things. The one with dark exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) We have some mafia informants. You're going to bump down the list so you can get in there. Uh, Anyway, near this lake. Uh, it is at patreon.com slash gibby5podcast. Thank you in advance, and thank you to all of our patrons. Yes, yeah. thank you, thank you. 
Thank you. So we're going to do some topics, and then we will close out the show with our brand new segment, Terror Ruins the Hits. I think so. I think we should, yes. And okay. speaking of aquatic horror, guys, I want to talk to you uh, briefly about the film Sea Fever. This movie was released in Taiwan on June 12th of 2020. I guess for the rest of the world as well. And it's directed by Niesa Hardeman. Hopefully that's correct. It's starring Hermione Corfield, Connie Nielsen, Dugray Scott, Jack Hickey, and Owen Fiore, who you might recognize from such films as The Survivalist and Mandy. She is the older woman. She is absolutely fantastic, and she's a complete badass. Uh, she is a badass in this movie, but she is not the star. That would be Shoban. She's a solitary marine biology student who signs up to spend a week on a ragged fishing trawler, miserably at odds with the close-knit crew. She is the odd person out. It doesn't help that she is sorry, Rob. She's a redhead. <gasps> the crew does not find this out until they are underway. Because I guess being a redhead on a fishing vessel is bad luck. Mm. And boy, if that's true, out in the deep Atlantic, an unfathomable life form ensnares the boat. Members of the crew succumb to a strange wow. infection. Shaban must overcome her alienation and win their trust before everyone is lost. IMDb's synopsis of this is the crew of, the crew of a West of Ireland trawler marooned at sea struggle for their lives against a growing parasite in their water supply. This movie is so much more of the thing than it is giant monster film. Ah. So keep that in mind. The thing, for the most part, was a slow burn of a film up until some incredible action, some incredible practical effects, and there are in this film as well. Now, I'm not saying this film is as good as the thing. I would never do such a thing. But it, it ah, is... But I'm, I'm... Thank you. Thank slow burn. You. Slow burn was one of those too, because there was lots of burning in that movie. Mm. There's a there's a little bit of fire in this movie, but you know who's infected, who's not, who's hiding. I'm not infected. I have papers to prove I'm not infected. Mm, how old are those papers? <laughs> uh, I had read the synopsis wrong. I read the synopsis as a marine biology student spends a week by herself on a fishing trawler, which didn't really make as much sense. Uh, no, she is kind of the, like I said, the odd person out. And I wanted more monster in this, but it, it, it became okay that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, so based on the acting, based on you cared about the characters, based yeah, on yeah. suspense, you you came. I at least I came to feel very the the characters were fleshed out very well in a very short amount of time. 
And there were, you know, quite a few of them um, through little tiny backstories, little quick snippets, things like that. Oh, so-and-so has a baby on the way. You really kind of felt bad when things started to go to shit. Now, uh, it's a little difficult to understand. The accents are very thick. Well, you said it's a Taiwanese movie about Irish people. No, it was released in Taiwan first. Oh, 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 oh okay. Yeah, no, but they are Irish. Um, very, very Irish. Uh, so, you know, maybe you watch it with the subtitles on, uh, you know, if, if, if you need to. Otherwise, check it out, especially if, you're a fan, if you're a fan of, of deep sea horrors. And um, I'm sorry, what, what, uh, what provider was it on again? Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't again because I didn't say it the first time. Thank you for reminding me. I, I did go to watch something else. I saw that this was available on there. I've been waiting to see this for a long time. It did not disappoint. Did right. not disappoint. Very, very cool film. Uh, I, I, it, I give this like a my full backing, my full suggestion. Go out and see it if you're a fan of you know horror at sea. Yeah, first of all, this whole thing was made all the better because of the lighting in your room right now and the Psycho Goreman poster above yeah. your head. <laughs> yeah. It's so dark. It just looks like it says, like, you just have this big thing that says Psycho above your head. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, made this all the better. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump in here and do a little bit of a thing. I just uh, kind of going to do a thing. Do a thing. Are, are, are you squared away? I'm squared with away. Nice. I'm actually going to watch that. I'm excited about you, that now. Yeah, you, I'll probably check that out as well. Really? Yeah. Well, he you had him at, at Redhead. Well, that's that's she's true. great. You'll recognize her. She's been she was in um she's been in a whole bunch of other stuff. And you had me as uh thing style horror. Yep. For sure. So on a very very confined, very small space. Yeah. So uh, usually we have the you know we have a lot of things we have to watch for the show. Of course, you know this week we're doing Pee Wee's Big Adventure, so I had to watch that. So I didn't really have much of a, kind of a backlog of things to watch. Um, I just finished uh, Shit's Creek. I was doing that. I was watching a bunch of other stuff, but so I was just kind of looking around, like, oh, what else is there? And I and there was some movie called There's No Eye in Threesome, and. <laughs> This was, was isn't it me? Oh, there he is. <sighs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I'm like, what is this? And I looked at the, the trailer and it was like, all right, so I'm sorry oh, to yeah. interrupt you, but you've said that this is a big, you're going to spoil this. Yeah. So, so why don't yes, I, this about, is absolutely true. Yeah. Why don't you talk about, tell us what it's about. Yep. And then and then I will do. Then I'll do the spoiler thing. Yeah. But let me tell you why I actually watched it. Because do it. This seemed when I I watched the little trailer. It's short, the little trailer, and I was like, oh, okay, this is a documentary. And at first, I thought it was going to be like a one of those sex comedies kind of thing. Like, oh, this is a documentary. And I was like, that's weird. Okay, what's this about? It's on HBO Max. And then I was so I'm like, well, is it good? And why is this the big? This small documentary from some New Zealand guy. Why? Why is this the big thing they're showing on HBO Max? Like big on the screen when you went into it, it was the big banner ad. Well, New Zealand's hella cool. 
yeah, it, it's beautiful. And then I watched the, as I said, I watched the trailer and I got that feeling a little bit like there's people that are just a little bit too open with their sexual conversation, but not like in a creepy like way where they're just like, they're artsy about it. Sit, sitting at a Wendy's talking about what they did in the bedroom <laughs> last night. The five-year-old next door can hear him. No, not like that. Not like that way. More like, you know, junior picking food shit. When you're all hanging hanging out with friends, and there's that one friend that's like, "Oh yeah, me and my girlfriend, we we or my you know the girlfriend is like flirting openly with someone else, and the guy's like, yeah, well, oh, it's fine. We're in an open relationship, and it's like I don't need to be part of this at the moment." Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was a little. Like, okay, why is this such a big deal? I looked it up, and a lot of people were talking about a twist to the movie. And my true crime sensor went off. Like, woo, maybe someone gets murdered. As is yes. the spoiler sensor. No, that's not. Yeah, no, it's, there's, that, that's not a spoiler. Okay, but here comes the spoilers. So, there it is. Spoiler! So let's let's just I'll do the, the I guess before the spoilers, I'll do the recap here. Um, it is directed by John, by Jan Oliver Locks, starring Jan Oliver Locks. He goes by Ollie in the in the documentary uh, with Zoe Marshall and Simon London. Uh, came out on HBO Max February 11th, 2021. And basically the, uh, the story is, um, before tying the knot, Ollie and Zoe want to try something new. And that something new is they're opening up their relationship up until the wedding where Zoe can date other dudes. That sounds and like a great idea. That sounds like a terrible idea. Right? And you guys didn't even watch the movie. So that's not the twist that things go horribly wrong. Uh, Ollie uh, gets to also date dudes, and Zoe gets to date other dudes. The opening sequence is very, very revealing. And I do mean that like nudity. They start off on the top of one of those high dives, like the um, the super high one that's just a platform. And they're standing up there with the camera. He sets the camera down and he takes off all of his clothes with her. And then they're like going to take the big jump and he jumps and lands in the water and she doesn't. And he records it via GoPro. Because she's dead. Yeah, right? No, see? Again. So I was like, okay. Then, of course, we go into this whole documentary of them doing it. And there's little hints early on that she's not playing by the rules. He's like, yeah, you know, I can date other guys and she can date other girls. And she's, and she's like, well, I've already broken that rule so I can date other guys too. And you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> and it's just little things. Um, she's a tra- she's an actor or an actress. So she goes off and does something and starts dating some guy named Tom. And when she comes home, she's like, yeah, we said he loves me. And then they decide to have a threesome with Tom. And they have like, there's just a bunch. And then he was dating some girl. There's just a bunch of like weird sex stuff, but whatever. So here's where the, so you can very much tell something weird is going to happen. Now, at the very, about with 15 minutes left in the film, it's revealed that she breaks up with him. Duh. Okay. You know that was going to happen. Okay. They show it on the phone and he's like, but we're, but we're perfect together. And she's like, no, actually I'm perfect for you, but you're not perfect for me. And then it plays through a bunch of stuff that he had said either on camera or off camera that when you see it in this light, it's like, Oh yeah, she wasn't taking that as well as you think. It also cuts to that scene of the pool at the beginning again. And it turns out that there was actually someone else up there on the, 
the diving board with them. And it was the guy that she had been dating. Tom is the guy's name. So right. she doesn't, she doesn't jump because the guy is, because that guy's up there. So it's like, ah, oh, he's on his own. But what Elsa is, re- you else, what else they reveal is that this is a true story. It was a documentary that was shot over five years and or it was shot over three years, but it, this was five years ago. When she broke up with him, she left with all of his foot, all of the footage from her side of the story and said, I don't want to, this to be a movie. So basically three years of this guy's life that he had funding for was gone. So what he did was he recast his wife or his fiance with an actress and she replayed her parts. And because the footage was a lot of times one-sided, it was, they played it out. So I was like, wow, they're really messing with reality and messing with my brain here. Um, A lot of people are like, what? But all of the stuff on his end was real. All of the stuff on her end was reenacted by re-piecing together the conversations and what had happened. So it's like, this is a mind screw. And I kind of sort of figured it out because there was a lot of times the voice sounded different when you couldn't see the person's face. Mm -hmm. When it was just like him talking on the computer or whatever. The footage that would have just been his where he was talking to nobody. Or talking to her and you don't see her. But it was kind of an interesting little thing. But I was like, okay, this is pretty heavy and it's a little deep and very weird. So then my other little review here where I was breaking my brain, I decided to just watch a procedural. And that was uh, The Blacklist, uh, episode uh, season eight, episode six, which, of course, The Blacklist has been going on for eight seasons. So everyone knows what it is if you care. Uh, Rob, Rob, you guys don't either. You guys watch The Blacklist, right? No, I don't. Okay. I've not. It's I've always liked it. It's, you know, it's James Spader being creepy and Megan Boone being like an FBI agent. I mean, I've seen it. I just don't yeah. follow it. Gotcha. So in this show, James Spader has a bunch of uh, people that help him periodically, depending on what the episode calls for a computer guy or uh, he has a DMV guy that helps them. And I'm watching this episode and the episode starts off and one of his people has died. And it was this dude named Glenn. And I was kind of like, and I got about 15 minutes in. I'm like, this episode's weird because the whole episode was not about him stopping international, whatever. It was about him trying to do stuff for Glenn's funeral. And like, this is kind of a late season, like late in the show run kind of weird thing. And it turned out that the actor that plays Glenn has died in real life. He was, uh, he had a young onset rheumatoid arthritis and he played, like I said, he played a DMV guy and he was kind of like this like womanizing asshole on the show, but like in a charming way, he was a, like a Tyrion, but you know, modernized. Okay. Um, and a DMV dude. So he had apparently had in the show, he had told his mother that, that he was able to live the lifestyle that he did even as a DMV guy, because he had helped Huey Lewis write a bunch of music and that he wanted a bunch of, he wanted Red, the main character to do a bunch of stuff for him. So I of course did the research and like I said, found out the dude had died in real life. I'm like, that's really weird. And I'm watching the episode and they're like, and he's and uh, James Spader is like, how, how did he die? And they're talking about how he died of uh, what you know, I assumed it was COVID obviously. Uh, and he's like, Oh, he died of West Nile virus. And I'm, I looked and 
he died of West Nile virus. So they're actually literally mm. pulling from life in this thing. And a couple of the other little things, like stories about his life, they put in the show as stories from his character. And I'm like, okay, this dude must be a huge Huey Lewis fan because they're actually seeking out Huey Lewis to come to his funeral to tell his mom, yeah, he helped me with all these songs. So like Huey Lewis is cameoing on the show. And I'm like, oh, well, this this guy happened to be become friendly with the John Bocamp, Bocamp, the creator of the show. And because there was like a lot of his real life, his real photo, the they didn't obviously do the real funeral, but they had the picture from his funeral there. And all this other stuff. And then Huey Lewis shows up and does a little thing about him and all this stuff. And I was like, this is weird. Like, it's just a weird thing, like bringing people's real life death into a show. Because I don't think I've ever seen that. So it was just like another like weird, like reality moment. For me. Yeah. And, and like, especially watching it literally right after the first thing. <laughs> and then the next day. Your, your view. Yeah. There. Like, so like, okay, so we, yeah, we go, of course, with the, um, the thing that's supposed to be real that's half fake. The thing that's supposed to be fake that's half real. And then I'm like, okay, I hear a lot about this Britney Spears show, which is a reality documentary. Uh, that's framing Britney Spears. And do you remember the Britney Spears meltdown? I, like when it was happening? Vaguely, yeah. I mean, the, the whole barbershop cut, just shaving her head thing. Yeah, and like that. And then a couple days later, her stabbing the car with the umbrella. Yeah, um, that wasn't the same like, night. Might have been the same night. It was, I believe, it was uh, the next day or something. Mm -hmm. I, I that was right around the time I believe that I was graduating from college. Mm -hmm. So I was definitely more preoccupied with other things, like getting a job and finishing up portfolio and stuff. So I knew it happened, but it was, which honestly, I probably wouldn't have quote unquote clicked on it now either, because I'm. Um, not again. I think we decided last week none of us are a big fan of watching people melt down. Um, but it's just it. So this this documentary for me, Britney Spears, it's on Hulu as well. It's it's a hour and so like hour and ten minutes or something by New York Times. Very well researched, uh, very well produced, and it's it shows her life. And it's you know she wanted to play music, she wanted to do all the stuff that she did, and. You know, it shows even from her young age, when she was 10 years old, she's like doing stuff. And Ed McMahon is like, so you're very pretty. Do you have a boyfriend? She's 10. Like just weird little things like that. As soon as they saw her, they're like sexualized, sexualized, sexualized. Mm -hmm. And she just blew it all off. Like, and then finally she, she, what? 2007 was her meltdown. Okay. So I was, so I guess I was switching jobs. So, okay, so I wasn't graduating around then. I was switching. That, well, that was much later than I thought. Um, so anyway, you know, it goes through all this stuff, and then it goes up to, you know, where everything she did was scrutinized. And she's like 24 years old. She's being, she'd been in the limelight for so long. She melted down because she was getting followed by paparazzi all the time and yeah, they want her to be a pop star. They want her to be normal. And her she couldn't see her kids because Kevin Federline took them from her and she and wouldn't let her through the gate of his house that she paid for, saying that she was unstable. And so she went and shaved her head because she's like, hey, if I'm not pretty anymore, whatever, you know, you're not going to follow me anymore. And there's just all this stuff. And it was heavy. Like, I didn't 
jump on the bandwagon. I didn't make the Britney Spears jokes, but you, the people that you think of as just being like clean comedians, Jay Leno, um, people like that, or, or, uh, David Letterman just mocking her endlessly when she's having a actual mental episode. And it's kind of hard to watch. And then, you know, you're like, and it's, it wasn't that long ago, as you said. And it's like, what you know, today, if someone is having that type of episode, are you going to man, this person needs rehab, man, this person needs help or look what the crazy, you know, person did dance for me, monkey kind of thing. And it's, I, I think it's worth a watch, especially for anyone that's just like, well, they're a celebrity, you know, they're, we own part of them. We should, we should mock them if they do weird shit. Um, there is a little clip that, yeah, because, and I, it made me happy that I didn't get involved, that I didn't tell those jokes. I didn't, I mean, I, I had worked in pop radio when she was big and it was a very weird thing to see because the people that worked in pop radio, you saw the, the change. So, so when I worked in the radio station, it was a top 40 station and there was this group, Evan and Jaron, it was two twin brothers. They did that acoustic kind of music, like Dawson's Creek style, you know, that type of stuff. And they came in and everyone's like, Oh, that's awesome. And they, they played a song for all the DJs and all the people that worked in the station. They were super nice and they signed autographs for everybody. And it was, they could not have been nicer. That's, that's an odd name. Is it, is, is he one of the ones who turned into, or who started the band Jaron and the long road to love? No, this was Evan and it was Evan and Jaron. It was two, it was twin brothers. So it was two people. Right, but um, I didn't know if one of them had formed a group on his own or not. Okay. It's possible. You can look it up. Um, they like, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was just, a, it was a, it was a cool day. I had such a positive, you know, positive thing, like wasn't necessarily my kind of music, but you know, these are people that are right on the cusp of success. People are starting to hear their songs on the radio and they came in and did this. They left and all of the, the DJs are like, yeah, we're not going to be hearing about them in three months. And I was like, this is, they, this, these people were, you know, just talking to you about how they had been practicing for years and writing music for years and spilling their heart out. They did something nice. And yeah, I get they wanted to be on the radio. But it made me really jaded about just top 40 in general. And it was right around the same time as like I talked to the program, the program director and he's like, he told me the top 25 songs next week. I'm like, how do you know that? He's like, because I'm the one that makes it up. Like, huh? Like, it doesn't come in from people listening. It doesn't come in from requests or buying the album and all that. He's like, no, it's based on on how many times the song is played. And I'm the one that does it. So whatever I feel like should be number one, I just play more. I was like, <laughs> that sucks. Like, that, like I like things to be more organic. Yeah, that's why I like stuff like Bandcamp, where if I like The Midnight, I'm just going to go buy The Midnight. You know? But anyway... Um, so it's just Greg these three things. The entire band. I, I Greg I will. bought the midnight. I will. I buy them. But anyway, Jimmy is scratching his wrist. I thought he was signaling something. I thought he was. Anyway, ready. long story short, there's like the three things I watched right in a row. You know, the reality, 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 and it was just different levels. That and I'm like, I know there's some sort of connecting line here, but to me, it was to me it was like interesting and seeing. Especially, I mean, especially the Britney Spears, seeing it from a different point of view. 
Um, and even that had some YouTubers where they were like these people that were like doing a, a podcast or podcasters. They were doing a podcast about Britney Spears Instagram tweets. And like, as soon as they started talking, like we saw her Instagram tweets and then we decided we would, we would look way too deep into them. And I don't believe all these people are harassing Britney. I'm like, you did a podcast on her, on her specifically making fun of her Instagram things. You're part of the problem. <laughs> You're not the solution. Although it, then at the end, it turns out they're kind of the solution because they're the people that started this free Britney thing, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Britney Spears currently under a, uh, what's it called? A conservatorship. conservatorship. Yeah. Yeah. With her, her father's. I was going to say, it, it sounds fishy. The the whole thing with the conservatorship, it, it just on the surface from what I've heard and what I, what I've seen, it sounds like her father is definitely abusing it. I think so too. There's just little things that lead me to believe that. I don't know. I mean, none of us really know. But if you look at, you can see the expenditures. The biggest expenditure is money to him. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. There's people that were longtime friends that haven't been able to see her. And these are not crazy people. These are, you know, old tour managers. No one that pushed her in the wrong direction. The fact that she was supposed to do this big Vegas show. And she like goes to this giant event to show to talk about the Vegas show, walks down a mountain in front of a thing. There's people cheering, she just walks down this long catwalk and disappears. And like a couple weeks later, they're like, oh yeah, the Vegas show is canceled. Like never says a word. And like, and I don't blame her, you know, could uh, this is too much for me. I, I'm being forced to do this. Don't want to do it. Um, the fact that she thanked the free Britney people and didn't say stop fact that she's getting lawyers involved now to try to get out of this conservatorship and it's very hard to do apparently there's someone there's actually a woman in the documentary that she was interviewed and she's like yeah i've never seen anyone ever get out of a conservatorship and then it says at the bottom of the screen that this woman was ended up ended up getting hired by her father to stay in the conservatorship after the interview was made it's like what wow. yeah and then uh at the, the very end it says the the chilling kind of haunting part about this um, was at the very end, it talks about all the people that they tried to get to talk for this thing, you know, her family, her ex-husbands, all these people. And there's a little line that even that says that they tried to contact Brittany, but they have no idea if the messages ever got to her because you can't actually contact her. No one can. Everything goes through her father. And that's like, ugh. That, that seems like that, that would be very easy if the court were to just order a... Um... Like some kind of welfare check or something. Right. But say, say, well, you know, you have to, you have to check in and somebody's got to talk to you outside of this whole conservator thing. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it honestly, it really sounds fishy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I hope everything turns out right. Cause you know, she, it does seem like, uh, I, it's weird. Cause I got hired by the radio station a couple of weeks after she'd actually visited um, the station. So I didn't meet her, but everyone was talking about how nice she was and just Southern girl that got way bigger than, you know, than she could handle at the time. But that's yeah. about all I have to say about those three things. But if you want to watch all of them, you can uh, check out any of those things. And I think there's one last thing, correct? I think there is one last thing. I'm going to talk about another book. I have finished a book. I I did 
I, I have been on quite a roll. I have found some very exceptional books recently. I've very much enjoyed a lot of the ones that I've come across. And I saw this one during one of those buy one, get ones. And the book that I got with it, I ended up absolutely loving. So I counted it as a win. This one, not so much. I mean, if I completely run out of things to read, I might continue reading the series. But the book in question is called A Queen in Hiding. It was released January 21st of 2020. It's written by Sarah Kozloff, and it's narrated by Imogen Church. And had I read the synopsis a little bit better, I might have even I might have even known a little bit more. But I mean, I figured this out by like chapter three. And the synopsis is orphaned, exiled and hunted. Cerulea, princess of Weirendel, must master the magic that is her birthright, become a ruthless guerrilla fighter and transform into the queen she is destined to be. But to do it, she must win the favor of the spirits who play in mortal affairs assemble an unlikely group of rebels and wrest the throne from a corrupt aristocracy whose rot has spread throughout her kingdom. Okay, first of all, does she fight any gorillas? No gorillas. <sighs> Possibly. I don't know. I didn't read the other three books. Yeah. Um, so I was I was actually kind of curious to see what this was about. I mean, it, it, it smelled kind of like a Game of Thrones uh, with a little bit of political intrigue, but it also had a little bit of magic in it, which I'm kind of down with. And... As I was getting into the book, there were there were numerous things that that got kind of irritating. For one, the the narrator who was voicing the queen did an excellent job of making the queen sound kind of unsure of herself. She was a queen who took over when her mother was killed suddenly. She took over young. She was kind of unsure of herself. She wasn't sure how to handle everything. Was and she killed by gorillas? She was not. She was killed by a, by a horse riding accident. Her horse stepped into was a startled horse. Startled by she some gorilla. God damn it. So she, she was thrust into this role of leadership. She wasn't ready for it. She was unsure of, she was unsure of it. And the narrator does an excellent job of portraying that in her voice. The problem is, is she never turns it off. And I swear to God, at some point in this queen's life, she should be talking to somebody where she feels perfectly comfortable throwing some authority in her voice. And that absolutely never happened. It didn't matter whether she was talking with her counselors. It didn't matter whether she was talking with her subjects. It didn't matter if she was talking to her daughter. It didn't matter if she was talking to her servants. She sounded like a simpering wimp. And it's like, come on, this is irritating as shit because you've got to know when to turn that off. I mean, it's, it's great if you're going to play that role for certain parts, but for the love of God. Really? I'm Queen Hugh Grant. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. It just so that was kind of irritating. Number two was the title completely gives the book away. Three chapters in. Okay, here's what happens. Three chapters in, the queen flees her kingdom with her daughter in tow and her her special guard, her queen's guard, we'll call them. They board a ship and they sail off. She goes, she, she doesn't want anybody to know where her daughter is. So she wants to separate them so that, you know, her daughter is safe because she's got to 
mount this campaign to take her kingdom back. So she stashes her daughter away, puts her daughter in hiding, and then she goes out and leads a very public campaign against some sea pirates in an effort to try and win some favor back so that she can come back and wrest control of the throne. Now, she's in a military battle. Her daughter is in hiding. The title of the book is called A Queen in Hiding. What the hell do you think is going to happen? <laughs> no idea. Uh, something with gorillas. Yeah, something with gorillas. Nothing with gorillas yeah. happens in the movie, in the book. There are no gorillas. It's gorilla so the, tactics. She's practicing yeah, wait, wait, running wait. around on all fours, waving her arms around, beating her chest and stuff. It's, it's irrelevant. But flinging poop at it. Yeah. Yes. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, she's getting offed, leading the daughter to become queen, but she's off somewhere. Correct. In hiding. So now the big problem is, is that she doesn't die until almost until more than three quarters of the way through the book. And she hasn't really accomplished anything. Hasn't, I mean, she, she's been waging this war. She's been winning this war and she was in the midst of doing the final push when she's killed. So the war is incomplete. Nobody knows where her daughter is. She hasn't really done anything of consequence. So why the hell did I read about her for half of this friggin' book up to this point? Every chapter that she was in is now completely irrelevant. Because it had absolutely no bearing on the story whatsoever. I, I want to know how she dies. Spoiler. She She's ambushed and her ship is set aflame. A flaming, um, a flaming sail falls on top of her, burns her up. She jumps into the sea. She's She's in such great pain because like 90% of her body is burned. A guy tries to rescue her and her skin sloughs off and she just begs him to kill her, her brother. And he does. That sounds right. unpleasant. Sounds very violent. But again, it, her story after she drops off her daughter is 100% irrelevant because she does nothing that affects the story after that. You could literally remove half of this book and it wouldn't change the story. And to me, what that signifies is that the Queen's story is 100% there just to make the book longer. Because this, this writer has decided that she is going to release this, this, this series, this four-book series. She's making this heroic attempt to do four books in four months. So half of book one is complete filler. It has no bearing. And I'm like, this is... This is dumb. I was just waiting for her to get off. And I'm like, surely she's got to be doing something that's pointful to the story. And she's got to have, she's got to do something that's going to have an effect on the story. And yeah, no, she doesn't. The only thing that she, everything after the point where she flees with her daughter and sashes her daughter is irrelevant. So I was irritated as crap. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not continuing. You said you might. I, well, I, I saw some things that said that the, the last couple of chapters really ramped it up. I didn't see that, but I could possibly be interested to read more about the actual main character of the book. So, I mean, if I completely run out of things to read, maybe I'll waste a credit on it and see if the second book is any better. But as it stands right now, no, I, w- I won't be continuing. And 
And it's a shame because I really liked the premise of the book. I mean, it, my, my synopsis was a line of queens that rules with gifts from their patron gods. She's got special powers that are bequeathed to the women of the line, tailored specifically to fight challenges that will arise during their reign. She's betrayed by her counselors, forced into exile. A queen must protect her daughter and find her way to reclaim her kingdom. It's a good idea. It's just absolutely horrible execution. So I mean, like, like I, were I, there I, orangutans I, even? No, no orangutans. No, no but, simians. What's her? But the daughter's yeah. special ability is that she can communicate with animals. She is friggin' Doctor Doolittle. Well, open. What else? And I'm, I'm going to do. I'm doing this specifically for Jimmy. What about chimpanzees? And, no, and <laughs> animals. Oh, well, I mean, there could be animals obey her. I know. Ass. Animals obey her. And chimpanzees. I, I know. I, I mean, I won't pick up the book unless I run out of stuff to read. I mean, it's. Gotcha. <sighs> I was just very irritated with with those numerous <laughs> with those several things, and yeah, I struggled. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know that your review of the book was entertaining. Oh, excellent. whether the book whether or not the book was that's to be I mean, I'm guessing slightly but irritating. So at least the review was good. I will. Yeah, I will take your word for it. I would definitely avoid picking that one up. Gotcha. Well, uh, I believe that does it for this week. Uh, I, I believe it does. Yeah, so uh, if you want to contact us, you can, of course, go to gimme5podcast.com to find out a bunch of information about us. You can find us uh, on Facebook by searching Give Me 5 Podcast. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram, which we're getting a little more active on, Give Me 5 Pod. Or you can email us, gimme5podcast at gmail.com. We've gotten some cool emails recently from uh, various people that want us to read and look at their stuff, so I'm, I'm kind of Kind of geeked about that. Uh, and, of course, we have our Patreon channel, uh, patreon.com slash gibby5podcast. And uh, thank you to those guys. And thank you for listening. Greg, tell them where you're going to be on Monday night. Oh, I forgot about that. And I forgot about the other thing, too. We got to do the other thing. Okay, so where am I going to be on Monday night? That is March 1st. I am going to be part of a book. Uh, what is it called? Uh, it's a book. Uh, book launch? Unveiling. A what? Book launch? Yeah, it's a book launch. That's what it is. I was Release? thinking book club, and I was like, I knew that's not right. Yeah. It's a book launch for Mark of the Witchworm by Steve Van Sampson. And I got a chance to, I got, you know, the, the offer, and they're doing a live stream. Uh, it should be on the Dorkening network i think it's under dorkening.com if you want to check that out you can see a bunch of people talking about cool fantasy novels uh me looking clueless which these guys see all the time uh and i believe it'll be uh also live streamed on uh roughhouse publishing's page on facebook that's uh, roughhouse publishing the dorkening and probably steve van sampson's page as well and we'll try to do it on our page if i get the link so that's where I will be March first uh, at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Very cool. Looking forward to it. I'll be tuning in as well. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on Monday.
but we got a, we got a song to play. Oh, we sure do. Yeah, playing you out tonight. So so wait, so here we go. This is the thing. If you guys missed last week, my former roommate Tara, she has started sending me a song a week, and she ruins some sort of hit song. And we, I have decided that if I have to deal with this. All of you guys have to deal with it, and we're going to try to guess what song she's ruining. She's doing hits from throughout the past hundred years, she said. So I have no idea what this is going to be. It smells like my dog took a shit in front of the intake. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe your dog took a shit in front of the intake. But Speaking of of things that take a shit in front of the intake, Jimmy, can you play the song while we guess? (laughs) Oh. Hits ring by TK, number two. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Number two. Ooh, 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 ooh. Sweet love, yeah. I didn't mean it when I said I didn't love you. So I should have held on tight. I never should have let you go. I didn't know nothing. I was stupid. I was foolish. I was lying to myself. I could not fathom that I would never, ever be without your love. Never imagined I'd be sitting here by myself. Cause I didn't know you. Cause I didn't know me. But I thought I knew everything I never felt. The feeling that I'm feeling now that I don't hear your voice. Or have your touch and kiss your lips cause I don't have a choice. You can hear my dog barking in the background. Because he can hear it through my headphones. So, here, here we go. Continuing. Oh, what I wouldn't give to have you lying by my side. Right here. Because, baby, when you left that last part of me, it's still so hard to believe. Come back, baby, please, because we belong together. Who else am I going to lean on when times get rough? Who's gonna talk to me on the phone? I got no clue. Anyone? Who's gonna take your place? There ain't nobody better. Not a I was idea. hoping we were gonna get to a chorus so that I could try and identify something, but no. It's funny. Your dog went apeshit. My dog actually burst into my office and ran in here. You hear him snorting. You think you're lonely now? Wait a minute. This is too deep. Too deep. I gotta change the station. So I turn the dial trying to catch our break and then I hear baby. I have no idea. Do we do we get some kind of like key at the end at the end of this? Does she tell us what's um, um, is? is too deep too deep. Oh wait, found it. Okay, it is we she stumped us, I'm guessing. I'm stumped. It is We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Wow. Is she I think she's messing with the like timing the, the, on the rhythm to throw us off, and I think she's doing a great job. Yeah, thank wow. you, Tara. She said the next one. Like I, I will tell you right now, when living with her, th- there was a um, a month where she had uh, "All Out of Love" by Air Supply stuck in her head, and it might have been the worst month of my life. <laughs> and, and and there was a month where I lost a relative, my father, and a pet. In the same calendar month, and I'm pretty. I'm still not entirely sure that the air supply month wasn't worse. I'm all out of love. Yeah, 
every I'm morning. So lost without you. Thank you, Tara, for ruining the hits yet again. <sighs> That's excellent. 